0: Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClelland, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life. All while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hi, Krista. Hey, Catherine. Hey, girl. How are you today? I'm good. I'm feel like I'm in recovery.
1: <laughs> I can say the same thing. feel like we're in recovery. I know. So.
0: We've both been whooped the last couple of weeks. But we are happy
1: to be here with you all
0: today. So happy. Yes. Especially after everything we've been going through.
1: <laughs> I know. Should
0: we tell them what we've been going through? Uh, well... Your story or my story? <laughs> I, think, I think this is the day for your story. Okay. Well, oh my gosh. Mine started a couple of weeks ago, so it's taken a little bit of time, I think, for me to even wrap my head around it and for you know for it to kind of shake out of my system a bit. So to speak. Yeah. So it all started <laughs> <laughs> one sunny Saturday afternoon. It kind of was. It was a sunny morning and um, I was at the beach with a partner friend and (laughs) it was one of these days where it was like beautiful and peaceful and we're sitting there and all of a sudden the wind just like picked up like a tornado. And so in California, we've had these big Santa Ana winds. And so this was like the first day when it kind of came in. They're called the El Diablo. Yes. And it, you know, that's very fitting. Because um, it whipped up so quickly that we had to, like, run across this long stretch of beach to try and get back to the house. And it was actually painful to, like, you know. Sandstorm. A sandstorm, yeah. It, and it was. It was like a sandstorm. And so, as I was um, kind of rushing behind my partner across the beach, I almost stopped dead in my tracks because I was – following him and I just had this vision of like, oh my God, we've done this before. And you know, I know people have this like deja vu feeling, but this wasn't a feeling of deja vu. It was like literally a picture in my mind of like having been in the storm and trying to keep up with the person in front of me and watching the gap get bigger and bigger and bigger. And kind of this feeling of like, you want to scream, but you know just wait for me but you know they can't hear you they're just fading oh yeah. here,
1: i think I, everyone can see this right they're <laughs> fading behind the storm that's getting between
0: you and swirling sand and yeah and wow. so by the time um you know we got back to the house like 10 minutes later and immediately i was like i don't feel well and my head is really starting to hurt and so it just came on so quickly that i got a Debilitating headache. And um, me and headaches, we kind of have a little history. (laughs) Do tell. Well, I've always been, I've always had headaches, even as a small child. And in my 20s, when I was in a relationship that um, really needed to end, and I kept, you know, trying to keep it all together as I do, um, in my 20s, I started getting migraines. And, you know, I didn't think much of it at that time because I wasn't on the spiritual path, really. I wasn't studying, and I would just take the Valium or whatever the painkiller was and try and get rid of the headaches. Well, when we were at school um, for Fast our mass- 20 years, 15 it was probably like 10, yeah, 15 years. I had a spiritual experience there, and I didn't know that that's what it was going to be from the beginning, but it started out with a headache. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at school they say, try not to take any aspirin or painkillers because we come from the perspective of when your body's aching or in pain, it's trying to tell you something, especially when we're at school. They're like, let's dive into what it is.
1: Yeah. So it's not to have you hurt yourself. It's because you're going to block the experience you're trying to have, which is what you may have been doing in your 20s. Exactly. Every time the headache would start, you'd block it, and then you would never actually get to
0: the root of it. That's what you're saying, right? Exactly. Yes. So this time you decided... So this time I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to take the aspirin. And six hours later, I was in such debilitating pain that I had to leave the classroom. It was like this headache, but it was like my entire spine and back and shoulders were seizing up, hmm. and I couldn't sit up, and I was so hot, I felt like I was 110 degrees inside of my body. Wow. And it turned into, I mean, it was probably, it was definitely the most painful experience I've ever had in my life, hmm. and they did have a facilitator there who kind of walked me through it to kind of get to the root of the memory or the, you know, the, the thing that... um was kind of trying to come to the surface. Can I say one thing about spiritual psychology? Please.
1: Okay. So the basis, the groundwork on on which we're sort of having this conversation is in spiritual psychology, there's always something that's deeper trying to express itself. We have a very deep level of life that we live that we call spirituality. And we are no longer pretending like it doesn't exist within us we can ignore it we can pretend like it doesn't exist but it's not just you know us here on this planet it's like we have a very very deep roots in a spiritual system and those systems have a lot to do with our health and our well-being mm-hmm. and so this program was built around finding out those roots right and so we went in there knowing we were looking for the roots of of all sorts of emotional physical whatever Right? Right. So Chris is doing <laughs> what she's supposed to be doing. This is her homework.
0: And she's and doing I got her to thing. A root. And she got A+. Plus I got thing. an A-plus on this one, but I got to a root that I would have never have thought of in a million years. Yeah, because what was that root? Well, oh gosh. So at that point in my life, I was not – I couldn't even say the word God. I literally – I would choke trying to say it. So I was – God, God. Yeah, and so I have this experience with this facilitator where I start seeing the face of Jesus right in front of my face. Mm. Woo! I'm going to get woo-woo on you guys. You ready for
1: this? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have a, a special call for woo-woo time. <laughs> woo-woo.
0: So, and the way that came about is because she, the woman said, you know, a lot of times when people have headaches, it's… Um, it's something from their childhood or some type of wounding and when i kept going back further and further and further i got to this moment where i remember and it's a very big moment i will never forget sitting in my closet and i must have been 2 or 3 years old Aww. um and i felt so alone in the universe I th- imagine a 2 or 3 year old wow how many of them do you see sitting there pondering the universe or looking at their hand and making their hand move, going like, who's making my hand move? Like, I remember sitting there doing that. Wow. And feeling like, why isn't anybody checking on me? Now, my parents were great parents. I'm sure they were <laughs> checking on me, but it was just this, you know, maybe I was sitting in there five minutes by myself and it felt like an hour, who knows? But in that moment, I felt very alone and like, why am I just having on an this
1: existential
0: crisis at two years old? I was. And so, When I um, was having this moment, like Jesus's face just like literally came right like three inches from my face. It felt like an apparition in a way. Uh And I was not connected to Jesus. Yes, I was brought up in the church, but we weren't huge church people. So it's not like I was surprised (laughs) that Mm. when she said, do you see anybody? And I was like, yes, it's Jesus. (laughs) Because it was so bizarre to me. And, um, you know, I asked him, like, why did you leave me? Mm-hmm. And he just looked at me and said, I never left you. I was there all alone. And in that moment, my entire electrical system in my body went mm-hmm. berserk.
1: What does that look like?
0: Well, it looked like I told the lady, I'm like, I need to lay down like right now. <laughs> and so um, I laid down on the ground and f- it was like fire shooting out of my body, energy just rushing through my body. My arms went numb. There's this thing that happens I don't know they're like lobster claw hands mm-hmm. which is a very I was about to say it's a very normal thing that happens, but it is in spiritual
1: uh experience in spiritual, experiences, spiritual experience
0: yes, yeah, so this is something that people do write about and talk about is this lobster claw hand thing and um. At the time, I had no idea what I was experiencing. And no one really explained it to me either, which... Were you pretty freaked out? Um, the funny... Well, it wasn't funny. The thing is, is I was in so much physical pain from the headache and the backache. It was almost like... It was like childbirth, where you're just out of your mind. And so I was laying on this floor. My hands are like nailed to the ground. I'm... I, had this moment of, like, looking down at myself from the sky and realizing, like, oh, my God, I'm laying in, like, like I'm on the crucifix. Mm. And that kind of freaked me. I was like, okay. And then fire shooting out of my hands, and I'm having this experience. And I was like, oh, my God, I think I'm dying. Oh, wow. I was like, I am going to die in this classroom. Okay, this is really strange.
1: <laughs> like, very, very
0: like Very, um, like, but... I guess that moment happened after the fire stopped shooting out of my hands. And so at that time, I didn't know anything about chakras or energy systems or anything like that. So at that you know, moment, it was just like, I don't even know. I don't even know what I was experiencing. But at some point, the energy fades, and it kind of just melted out. And I think that was the moment when I was like, oh, I'm dying. Because I felt like the energy leaving my body, and I had this moment of, taking like my last breath. Mm. And I was actually kind of at peace with it. So I'm like, okay, this is how this is going to happen. And I just took that last breath and I blew it out. And then I had this vision of like Jesus laying down in my body. And my entire body went like, (gasps) and from there it turned from a very painful physical experience into the most beautiful experience I've ever had in my entire life. So like euphoria, complete euphoria. I, I was aware that I felt like I was in what must be heaven because it was this feeling of bliss, peace. I was like, oh, if this is what death is. I, I, since I, I do feel like I died in some way, maybe not physical death, but it did feel like all the DNA was pulled out of my body and then something new was like breathed back into me. And so it was just ever since that moment, like I've never been scared of death because I feel like I experienced it and I know how beautiful it felt. Mm. And so coming back from that, it was like, oh, it was like receiving a gift or the, the code to the universe in a way, but I didn't know what the code was. I just knew I had received something because <laughs> <laughs> it was like- Now you have to come back and learn all of it? Yeah. Well, because I was laying there and it, I could literally see formulas and facts and figures like being downloaded but i don't know what the facts and figures were i just knew that i was receiving something Mm. and then when i came to and you know for the next month after that it was literally like i was floating i was so ungrounded i was just like i love you the world's beautiful it was like a feeling i've never had in my entire life
1: yeah um i've been lucky enough to have a very similar experience, although I did not have the experience of thinking I was dying in my body. Mm. I just had the other one. It's really powerful, and you never, ever question whether there is a bigger something, a bigger life. One of the things that um, I'm curious about is this whole idea of opening the seventh chakra, Mm -hmm. which a lot of us um, who we, no matter who we've been in our lives and through our childhoods and everything else, we live in the lower chakras and then we start to grow up and we have more heart, we have more voice, we have more ability to see things from other people's point of view and have more compassion. Mm-hmm. But until we actually open the seventh chakra, we don't have that sense of expansion mm-hmm. and the sense of like, Fullness of the heart of the universe. Like, like, oh, you have no idea how amazing that is. And it's almost
0: like you blew the top off your head. Well, think about it. Jesus is the heart, the heart chakra. Right. So when he came into my body, and granted, you guys, you don't have to believe a thing I'm saying. It was my experience, (laughs) whether I was out of my mind, whether it was a dream, who knows? But it it was was my it was your experience. It was my experience. And when he came into my body, I think that's when my heart just blew wide open and your heart has to be open in order for your crown chakra Absolutely. to open. So if you think about it, all those years when I was getting those headaches, it was like pressure I was building up, right? Building up probably right under my under the heart. And then all of a sudden the heart opens and the energy goes f- rushing up and just blows the seventh chakra open and then the divine can pour in. And it was like my DNA just like t- getting tweaked and, I don't know, upgraded.
1: Yeah, upgraded. And the, the truth is that people go through their whole lives without an open seventh chakra. So mm-hmm. that, And we've talked about this with our students in our workshop. And one of the things that was really clear is when you don't have an open seventh chakra, you can't feel the experience of spirituality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have someone very close to me in my life who spent his entire life looking for that experience. And every once in a while, he'd almost touch it and he'd get so close and then he'd give up again. And I just remember reading something he wrote and having a little bit of a heartbreaking experience for him. It was very clear that he never had the heart opening that preceded the seventh Mm. chakra opening. So always, all his belief systems were mental. Right. And he never could get past reasoning. He
0: mm-hmm. never,
1: and so he missed so much. And my story was that it had to do with self judgment. And I'm curious if that had any part of what you were doing in your life. Was there so much self judgment? Was there so much like picking on yourself going on that you weren't opening your heart to yourself? I, no, I
0: still, I still think this was part of the was a part of the abandonment story. Oh, I'm okay. Always feeling so. I'm just uh, hypothesizing here that I came into this world feeling alone and abandoned. I remember at two sitting there by myself feeling alone and abandoned. And that story has moved with me all these years. So it took this kind of spiritual moment for me to hear very clearly that I've never been alone. Right. And so that's where I really feel like my healing started around the abandonment issue. And so it's played out like I thought it was somehow my parents or, you know, and then it turned into friends who were abandoning me. But the root of it was more of a spiritual abandonment in ways in which
1: you – know, Well, felt- sure. Now, if
0: you think about it, if
1: you care to go on this line of spiritual <laughs> reasoning with us, if we are born from a universal
0: energy substance, some sort, yeah. substance
1: energy, something like that, if we're born from that – leaving that substance to come into a human body has to feel like abandonment because it's separation. And have we ever met and then we find our way back, right? right? And that's what you were doing in that moment. Was finding your way back. You finally surrendered everything and and the curious thing to me is almost everyone, maybe everyone, I know, has had an experience where they feel abandoned. And they feel like it happened really early in their life. Mm-hmm. I think birthing itself has got to be like the world's most right. dramatic <laughs> experience. I don't know what we're thinking about that. And I do know now with the bathing and the tubs and the water burrs, things are much smoother. I don't. I doubt that they still keep it from actually being a separation. I still think mm-hmm. there's some kind of separation from the way you're held in a womb, spiritually and right. emotionally and physically, to bam, Hitting the ground hard, somebody swatting you on the ass, and Mm -hmm. we're off to the races, right? (laughs) And go, and go, right
0: now. Find your way back, (laughs) right? So that you know that that experience altered the path of my life because all of the bullshit that I was living through, all of a sudden, I had this direct, this faith, this knowing of exactly what was on the other side. This knowing of what it feels like to truly love and and what my path is, you know, where it's going. And, um, and then I think I spent the next year, like, maybe I'm going to have another one of those experiences, you know, I think. Oh, God, we do. Like, we try to recapture We try them. to recapture it. And it's like, you can't really recapture it. But what has happened to me is that every single year since that experience, and this is probably six years later, I've had a similar experience and it always starts with a headache and not just – it's a different headache than the other headaches that I have. It's um,
1: – More intense, it's for sure.
0: so much more intense. And then the back aches. And it's like, you know, it, it follows the same path. The second and third time had a little bit of tiny bliss at the end, but nothing like the first one. And so I've never gotten that. Dang. (laughs) I know, because then it's like going through the pain. You're always like, okay, I'll take the pain just to get to the other side and experience the bliss. But I haven't gotten to that bliss side. But I am aware that I get these, I don't know if it's just the way my body processes emotions uh, or feelings or I don't know what it is that makes it bottleneck like that that it just blows the top off. And, you know, I had that, I think I've talked about that. Conjecture? Con- <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> May I throw out an idea? Sure. So one of the things we know about the fifth chakra is that it has to do with control. Mm-hmm. So if you have a human experience that does a decent amount of controlling, then you will bottle all the energy moving in your body right around there. Mm-hmm. And then you start talking and you start sharing and you start opening that up The energy, like you were saying, pushing up from the fourth. Right. I think there's a really, really good way to see how that could get stuck right there in the fifth and Mm -hmm. then suddenly come out when you're given
0: the opportunity to express it,
1: I think is what USM was giving
0: you. And with that in mind, on the fourth experience that I had was when um, I felt I woke up in the middle of the night with fire shooting out of my throat. Oh, yes. And- I didn't know that that's where the thyroid is, but I had just been diagnosed with like hyperthyroidism and they were about to want to treat me and do all that stuff. And I did a lot of healing work around it, not physical healing work, because I, again, I didn't know that that's where the thyroid was located at the base of the throat. And so it wasn't until the next morning after that experience of writhing around. And again, the fire shooting out of the hands and the fire out of the body, waking up going, oh, I think I've healed my thyroid through that experience and sure enough it was clear and it it yeah, became awesome. mostly clear within 1 month and it became fully clear within 6 months from this what i attribute in my experience it was from the healing work that we're trained to do yeah and so this circles back to this past life uh past life vision I had running up the beach because when the headache came on I was like, oh brother, here we go again <laughs> And you know I tried to like go get in bed and try to like, nope, that wasn't working and then I got in like a hot bath and I'm trying to like you know move the energy out and nope that wasn't working. I just kept bottlenecking, bottlenecking, bottlenecking until the end of the night I am literally like in the bathtub screaming like a banshee. I looked like an insane person. Again, having the experience of giving birth, which makes sense because the vision on the beach was I'm pregnant and giving birth as I'm trying to walk through this storm. And that's the vision of why I couldn't keep up. So I'm in the bathtub and I'm literally just like screaming at my partner. So much rage came forward. And again, the lobster claws and the heat and the I mean, I literally, Captain, if you didn't see me, I was like <laughs> clawing at my face. I wanted to pull my hair out. I mean, I looked insane. <laughs> and my partner came in and was like, oh, shit. And luckily, he's an energy healer and he got home just in time and was like, started doing, you know, energy healing on me. And it cleared in like 20 minutes. Wow. My past experiences have been eight hours of this. He walks in and starts moving the energy and clearing it out of the blocked chakras, and it dissipated. It was amazing.
1: Mm. That's so great. Wow. Wow. That is really great. Hadn't
0: I not t- told you that part about the birthing in the tub?
1: <laughs> oh, no, it's just you put it together slightly differently this time. So it's, it's very cool. I'm,
0: yeah, And it's like, well, why are we talking about this? Well, for me, I think the reason is the first time I had the experience, no one explained to me what happened. So I kind of went on my Google searching and I'm like walking the earth, like trying to tell this story to people, but I know it sounds insane, but I have to talk about it because I'm trying to find somebody who can help me or explain it to me. And I finally feel like I'm coming into understanding about what it feels like to work or like what Kundalini, so basically from my knowledge now is it's called Kundalini syndrome and you know a lot of pictures you see is like the kundalini snake going up the, the spine. spine yeah and it's filled with heat and the syndrome so like a kundalini awakening doesn't necessarily come with pain the syndrome part is when it's like a lot of unhealed energy that comes out really quickly as opposed to gently you know, learning how to work with the kundalini energy and working with moving it up the spine and working toward, you know, opening up the The expression of the chakra. So what's happening to me is that I honestly feel like my heart was so blocked that spirit had to make, my experience had to come with a lot of pain (laughs) (laughs) to physically break me down to just be like, fine, whatever spirit, take me. And in that moment, that's when spirit was able to take over but before that i'm not letting anybody in
1: right you know it's so interesting too because you could say it slightly differently from that also which is that your groundedness in on this planet your how firmly you've kept your feet on the ground was keeping like your whole belief system of how this couldn't nothing like this crazy right. could really be true So the harder you held on, the higher the vibration had to be to in some way shake you. (laughs) Yeah, open and like you know, sometimes that's what it takes when someone's really free. (laughs) I just remembered one time when someone shook me really fast, Um, (laughs) just to like snap out of it like that. And it's almost like that's what happened was at one moment it just came in like a bang, Bang.
0: Mm -hmm. and then it
1: shot through you, and then you were open and available to that kind of energy, which is incredible. And I think. Many, many people have had these experiences, mm-hmm. and we're talking about this with you guys because we want you to recognize that you have a spiritual life, that what we call crazy shit happening is actually spiritual life happening within you? There's no question that we have a spiritual life. I mean, you can question it. We won't. Right. <laughs> we don't question it. <laughs> um, so if you've had experiences where energy moves through your body and you think you're a little crazy, it's just not, that, it's not crazy. It's actually healing you. Mm-hmm. Getting the energies to move up and down your center core is an amazing experience. Yoga Is one of the ways that Western people have learned how to do that in a more, what would we say? In a less dramatic way than Krista is bringing it in, or was, I should say. Mm -hmm. Well, that was just two weeks ago. So I guess. Which makes me
0: curious because I do yoga and I do, I have a huge meditation practice, right? So the fact that um, it still blew out this hard was like interesting to me, but it was for me triggered by the past life memory. Yeah, I think so that's why. That's the thing. That so, the key element. Yeah, and um, and, and so of course I go to my past life guy who I love and he um can really tune into the past lives and he said, you know, it wasn't a sandstorm. It was, you you froze to death. Oh, I and- thought you were going to say it was a shitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was that too. <laughs> you died in a shitstorm. Well, thank you. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but what was funny is that when I was in the bathtub going nuts, um, my healer friend, like, Was literally like, I'm gonna put cold water on you right now to like shock it out of you. So, if anybody out there has ever studied like the Wim Hof method, it's a breathing, it's the ice man, the guy who can like, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he um, goes into the Arctic and can walk around in shorts and a t shirt. Yeah, he can be
0: submerged in ice cold water and his body temperature will still stay normal. I mean, he does amazing things. And part of it is, has to do with shocking your body with cold water. And so, my healer friend, this will never happen to me. No, shocked me (laughs) with the cold water. And I went insane. And then was so in the past. The guy who gave me the past life reading when he said that about freezing to death, I'm like, well, no wonder I can't. My biggest pet peeve in life is being cold. is cold water. Cold water makes me welcome nuts. to Southern
1: California beaches. Exactly.
0: That's why I don't go into the water. <laughs> That's why we don't swim here. <laughs> we go to Hawaii to swim. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know the story doesn't end there, you guys. Here as we go. They never do a little bit further because these are energetic experiences, right? So it the experience happened and it literally knocked me out for a couple of days, really a, a full week, if not longer, because although the energy was forced out, it's like the, rem- the remnants of it were still shaking inside of me in a way.
1: Well, yeah, it, it's rewiring your system. So- it isn't an event, it's an experience, and it has waves, right? It's it's like the shocking physical part of the wave, and then you just keep having more and more waves where you're trying to integrate and reorient your life around a new experience,
0: right? hmm Mm-hmm. So, how about that celebration of life that we had to go to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like two days after my bathtub experience, as it's um, now being called. <laughs> <laughs> We're now calling it the bathtub experience. Okay. Yeah. So, what, what about that? Well, I, of I'm life? finding it interesting um, how you experienced me. I don't know. Maybe you want to share how you experienced sure. me. Sure. Uh, it was an interesting, well, I was the minister
1: mm-hmm. at the celebration of life. So, I, I'm stepping into a different sort of professional role, as you'll notice, probably didn't use money of the same words I used here. Um, (laughs) But anyways, my honor to do this. I was very um, happy to do it. And Krista was there and experiencing you at this place was super interesting because there was one aspect of you that was physically present, but mostly it was almost like you were behind the veil And every place I saw you, you weren't integrated into the group. So where your family was standing, you weren't standing right with them. And where your friends were standing, you were sort of off to the side. And it was almost like you were so far inside yourself. And I can imagine that from having had an experience that you were just kind of, I don't know, it it wasn't like you were huffy or anything. It was just like there was a way in which you were distant. And I just kind of blurted it out like, oh, it was like you weren't there. But you th- but you were there, so it was almost like you had died, and you were floating in the space, and everybody's chatting and talking and sharing. It was beautiful. The service was over, and we created this celebration, so everyone's doing a it lot of fun. Everybody was, was fun. having a lot of fun, and there I was like not having pictures fun. pictures <laughs> of all the blondes on the couch, and I looked for 10 minutes, and Krista wasn't in the picture. Just over and over, things like that. It was almost like you were a specter. That's the word I wanted to use. But you were trying to communicate and it was causing all of this upset and frustration inside you because people were literally just like walking past you like you weren't there and Mm -hmm. you weren't showing up in pictures. It was just the most peculiar situation.
0: Well, I also was very aware that... I wasn't able to have fun or to be in that space. And so I found myself like, oh, I shouldn't go and hang out with those people because I'm going to bring down their party conversation. Oh, I shouldn't come over here because I'm going to start crying. So I was just like literally trying to hold it together the whole time. And there was no reason why I should have felt – I mean, okay, yes, there were some reasons. Like, you know, my best friend was going to fly back to England the next day. And there was this moment of like, yes, my family and kids were all there and ex-husband was there. And so on one side, I really wanted to be in the family side of it. And there was definitely a lot of memories of like, oh, remember how we all used to be one big happy family? And then there was the whole other side of the party, which was all of our school friends who I haven't seen in a long time. So I wanted to like talk and hang with them. But if I was talking and hanging with them, then I felt guilty that I wasn't over with my family. And if I was hanging with my family, then I felt guilty that I wasn't, you know, being able to be with my friends. So I just kind of sat in no man's land. That's the only way I can explain it.
1: Yeah, and I just had a feeling, though, Krista, that it wasn't as real as that. Like, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of us have had that experience. I feel like what I was experiencing of you was that you were not actually present. So all of that was an explanation that you gave yourself for what was going on. But Like on the human level. Yeah, like you were like, what's going on with me? Oh, because I'm between these two group of people or whatever. It's like actually did not experience you that way at all. It was, you were not present. You were literally like floating (laughs) away from every conversation that your body would just be like, whoosh, whoosh. And this is why I thought it was important to say again, it wasn't like, you know, that person leaving or this group or that. It was much more like that was a reason that came to you later to explain what was going on. But it was almost like you really couldn't, get grounded enough to mm-hmm. be in the room. So that's why you weren't in any of the pictures because you weren't there,
0: you know. Well, and very these, silly. These spiritual experiences, they kind of do pull you off the ground for a while because I remember after the first experience, I literally floated for that first month, but it really took me a whole year to put my feet back on the ground. Yeah. And so much changed in my life that year, but it because what happens is you have these awakenings and you feel like, oh, my God, I just experienced God and oneness and peace. And ah and then ah. each month something, you know, real happens. <laughs> oh, that and that relationship thing and money and all the – one by one, the experience starts to diminish and you forget. You just, like, can never go back to that moment and fully feel it again. And so then a year later, you're like, oh, what happened to that experience? Like, I remember it and I'm – very certain of my faith because of it and i'm certain of what i know to be true because of it but i still can't like get the essence of it
1: yeah to actually have the experience of it again and you know it is interesting because this is a phenomenon amongst spiritual people or people who've had spiritual experiences that they try to repeat them Mm -hmm. and very very frequently they cannot Mm -hmm. and This is why people start taking psychedelic drugs and they start doing all sorts of things to try to repeat the experience, this sort of penultimate experience of life. Mm -hmm. And they can't, you can't actually. And it may be that there's a one time when it blows the top off your seventh (laughs) chakra that (laughs) that's the only time you're ever gonna feel that because it was actually new. My experience was different, similar, and lasted three months. In which time I went back to the East Coast, (laughs) quit my job, packed my car, (laughs) put my dog in my car and only what I could fit in my little sob and drove across the country, waved goodbye to my boyfriend, kissed him on the forehead and changed my life. And I was never so happy in my life. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a place to stay. I didn't have a job. Mm -hmm. I was in some and I just walked in and I said, here I am. But it's
0: that feeling of like. I, I was know safe. I'm so safe yeah. and
1: supported. And, and you, you know, you used a word before faith. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because faith sometimes is what I call on when I forget those things. In those moments, in those power moments, what you have is this thing called knowing. Knowing. It's yes. like beyond. Any question? That's why, like, you have a spiritual life. There's no question whether you believe it or not. I believe it. I have a spiritual life. Is I guess all I can say to be true. Chris has been giving us like pictures of what has happened for her. Hers comes in on the physical level really hard, blasts her open, gives her a new <laughs> a new experience, and then takes weeks to integrate. Maybe, like you said, a year. Mine was easily a year to integrate this massive. And it's just like you're walking inside a marshmallow. You're just like, ain't it beautiful? (laughs) Ain't it beautiful? Nothing hurts. Nothing touches me. Everything's like, maybe it's like, oh, you're going to be mean to me. It's a slippery marshmallow because nothing (laughs) sticks to me. It's an incredible experience. I hope everyone has.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You drop into this place of knowing and then you're just like, Joy, you know, just – C.S. Lewis, you know, the Narnia mm-hmm. books, he wrote a book called Surprised by Joy, which was about – and it made me go back and read the whole series mm-hmm. because it's all about spiritual experiences. Right. And it's just so incredible to actually go back and really understand what he was writing about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, Interesting. So, you know, people have a lot of these experiences and we express them in lots of different ways.
0: And, and I'm talking about it because I feel like people aren't talking about them enough. enough. I, oh I, I do have to say this too. after that first experience I had at school, I went into class the next day and I was sitting with classmates where we do these trios, these facilitation trios. And the woman beside me explained that the um like two nights before she had had an awakening happen in her hotel room. She explained pretty much the same experience that I had. wow the the man who was trioing with me within thirty minutes. He was having the same experience. Left the room and had the same experience. I hadn't even gotten to tell him what my experience was yet. Wow. He left the room and had the same experience I had. To this day, if I ever see him, he'll look at me and say, you're the one who helped me find Jesus. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even believe in Jesus. I didn't even believe in Jesus.
1: (laughs) Was Jesus really a thing? Yeah, and when we – it's so funny because Jesus does appear as a figure in a lot of people's spiritual experiences for Mm -hmm. sure, And yet it's really the energy of loving that Jesus carried that clearly his seventh chakra (laughs) was open and much higher than that. But it's that energy of loving, I think, that it's carried in our unconscious, like Jung called it the collective unconscious, that Mm -hmm. we can feel and then we have a visual experience like this is the only being. Yes, there's the Buddha. Yes, there's all these different um, spiritual figures who have brought different senses, but the love, this, like, right. massive love was really Jesus's category. And uh, anyway, I just think it's so cool. So I know we have more to go. Well, We're not even we done do, yet
0: because after the Celebration of Life. Why are you holding a Well, <laughs> I'm so happy I have them. Um, yeah, because that week after um, the Celebration of Life, I went just in for a normal little check all the parts out. And I was a complete wreck in the... Um, in the appointment, because of course, ever since the bathtub moment, I was emotion. I felt emotionally unstable. It was like every emotion was just flooding at me. I was weepy. I was crying. I was anxious. I was depressed. I was sad. It was like everything being just pulled out of me. And so I did not. I was not the the nicest uh, person. It wasn't that I was trying to be really like, that. I- socially correct. Yeah, I, I was. I, yeah, I just wasn't my best self that week. And so by the time I just got into the doctor's room, I just like was crying the whole time. She's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, just do the appointment. I'm going to sit here and cry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then it just got added on because then she said, you know, I feel some lumps in your breast. And I was like, great, fantastic. Like, let's do this. I was like, here we go. So in the past, I would have probably gotten super attached to that drama and the story. And um, I not that I didn't get upset over it or have a moment of like seeing my life pass in front of you know, my eyes. I definitely went through that stage. But I feel like within a day or so, I was really like, okay, let's go into healer mode. Let me do what I know to do. Let me reach out to healers that I know that work with this type of thing. I worked with a pranic healer. And in the pranic healing community, in the Ar- Arhatic community, they work with um, disintegrating. Okay, so part of the technique is disintegrating thought forms, disintegrating aches and pains, disintegrating cancer cells. It's a technique of shrinking whatever it is that the person's experience or that needs to be made smaller. So the healer for like four or five days straight was doing disintegrating techniques, not he wasn't touching my boob or even it was remote healing, right? <laughs> this is my boob. Yeah. This is like the beauty of chronic healing. <laughs> he wasn't healing. a pervert. He was just a healer. Yeah. And so what was so great about that is it's distant healing. So everyone, I could be like, I don't know if this is working. Cause it's not like I'm feeling anything. Although I could actually feel like this throbbing as he was working on me. What I found fascinating, everybody guess how lucky I am. I, um, My two best friends, Catherine and Joanne, came with me to uh, get the ultrasound and checkup um, mammogram. (laughs) And it was like a party had arrived at the hospital. Party in your pocket, (laughs) Krista. They were kind of like, we've seen one person come with somebody we've never seen, like, two. You guys were so cute and loving and supportive and nurturing and so – that was a huge lesson in itself in receiving. Oh, oh,
1: wait, wait, wait. Remember what the lady said when she was doing she was doing Krista's little sh- ultrasound. ultrasound? And we were all just chatting and laughing and talking. And Krista was a little quieter, yes. we have to admit. But with Joanne and I were trying to keep it pretty... I don't know, real light. but light, yeah. and because we had no results, why get worried about something that we don't know what it is, right?
0: because right. then that just feeds negative energy forward, and blah blah blah. And we so we're just trying, we're
1: just trying to keep Krista from <laughs> fantasizing against herself, <laughs> and we're sort of softly, gently joking around or whatever, and under her breath, the technician says something like, "What was it?"
0: This shouldn't be this much fun. Yeah, this shouldn't be this much fun. And we all kind of looked at each other. We didn't say anything out loud, but we all kind of looked at each other like, well, why not? Why not? <laughs> we have to fun? be here, we might as well have fun. Definitely
1: this should be somber <laughs> because, you know, that's how life should be. But anyway, it was it was a sweet moment. And it, I think it was great for lots of reasons to be able it's such a nice – nice, such a crappy word. Um, it's such a powerful thing to be able to show up for someone – and hold space for them while they're really holding space for themselves and just really say, we're here for you. We honor you. We're here for whatever happens. This is
0: how resistant I am to receiving. Oh, my God. That was so funny. (laughs) On like Friday before the appointment, she's like, when's your appointment? And I tell her, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to come pick you up at this time and take you. I'm like, "Um, I know you're really busy. You don't need to come pick me up. It's like five minutes from my house. She's like, no, I'll be there at this time. I'm not that busy. And I'm like, okay but in my mind i was literally like okay that's weird i should be able to like go to a dumb doctor i can go to a doctor i know and then the next thing i know my friends calling my friend from england's calling me and she's like what are you doing i'm like i'm just waking up i'm like what are you doing she's like just getting to lax i'm like what do you mean she's like i'm coming back to see you and i was like shut up so for me you know, I know for you it was like, oh, I'm going to come and I'm going to support you through this. But for me, it was so much bigger than that. Mm. To have both of you, like, take time out of your day for me, it just um, – it was life-changing. So thank you for that.
1: Wow. So another level of healing, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. the healing happens all over. Look for the healings in your life. It's actually
0: really yep. – they're really sweet moments. That was big. Yeah. And then um, I think one of the – other important moments was when the doctor came in and showed us the ultrasound. And what he said was, look at the cyst here. It's literally disintegrating into itself. See, you can see it disintegrating. He said the word disintegrating like three times. Yeah, 10 times. And I was just smiling inwardly because although that wouldn't mean much to most of his patients, because the healing technique is literally disintegrate, disintegrate, disintegrate. It was like, This shit works, (laughs) (laughs) y'all.
1: It does. Your mind is so powerful. If you don't believe us, read Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. It's incredible, incredible stuff. If you have any trouble with healing, just stop taking yourself so seriously and read the book and find out you are the healer in your life. And you bring people in. As you hear, we bring our friends in. We bring our healers in. We are committed to the healing journey, and that's what we get And that doesn't mean we don't get sick because we're susceptible to (laughs) all the things in our culture and all the things around us and all the thought forms that can affect us. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that the healing, the most powerful healing comes from within us. Other people set the conditions for healing to happen. Mm -hmm. We either accept or reject it.
0: Because the he, the pranic healer could have been doing his work right. to to disintegrate the cyst, but if I'm letting these thought forms grow in my head of "Oh my God, I'm going to die," "Oh my God, I'm going to have to have a, my boob cut off," "Oh my God," you know, if I if I was like <laughs> on that trajectory yeah. for the whole week, it would be like undoing the work. So it wasn't just disintegrating the cyst; it was disintegrating the thought, thought forms that exactly.
1: were
0: probably cr- or. Creating the cyst in my mind, they were creating the cyst, and I feel like, in my experience, the bathtub moment shook everything in my titties apart, it busted those cysts out. I just I feel it in my core. I'll never be able to prove it, nor do I need to, right? But in my mind, I think that moment happened in order to flush out my system.
1: Yeah, and, you know, one of the other things we did, and I think you'll remember, is that we looked up what Louise Hay would say about this because mm-hmm. she has these great ideas about how our minds express through our bodies, mm-hmm. our pain and what needs to be healed. And in your case, it was about nurturing. Mm-hmm. Because women's breasts are about nurturing, show, having something show up in your breasts is about nurturing yourself. Mm-hmm. And so all of the... So the day Krista got this news, we were actually podcasting. And so she kept trying to get up from her tears and her falling apart to say, okay, I'm ready. Let's podcast. (laughs) Krista, we're not podcasting today. We're going to sit and be with this. This is too big to podcast through. We needed a couple of weeks to process it. And it happened over and over that during those five days that it was, but probably, or maybe seven days between those two appointments, that you kept getting opportunities to receive nurturing, like Mm -hmm. Joanne and I both being there and and you had to choose to receive. And this is right. what we mean. When something's happening in your body, there's something that has to change in your life. And when you look at it and you say, I've created this from something that's going on now. So some thought form, some way, something that you're doing, I don't know what it could be, is creating something in your body that's trying to get your attention. This is not working. Mm-hmm. And when we ignore that, as we've said, <laughs> the mask gets bigger and bigger. In this case, Chris is. Breasts were getting bigger and bigger. These sisters At least were one growing. of them was. Yeah, they were growing <laughs> in her breast, And the idea, the beauty of being able to face into that and then receive as much nurturing, which was a huge, actually,
0: challenge, right? Huge challenge because you were even telling me, go home and nurture yourself this week. I'm like, oh. Well, okay. we had a nurturing
1: project <laughs> at school. Literally, it was a class we talked called nurturing. And um, I told Krista to pull out her notes and do it. And she's like, uh, yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> so that wasn't that way she didn't do it. But I didn't do it. I didn't nurture myself that way. But I noticed that that weekend I allowed a lot of people to come oh, and take right. care of me. That's right. And normally I would just, okay, I'd button it up, and I would just go about my business. I'd show up at the appointment. I'd get the news. Okay, this is what we're going to do. And I just said, you know what? No. Like, soften. Do something. Soften. Open my heart to what's all this love that's around me because it's going to feel very lonely, and I'm going to feel very abandoned if I keep myself on the outside, and there's people sitting there available for me.
1: Which is sort of what happened at the memorial. Mm -hmm. Like, you on some level had pulled yourself out and were... you know, floating in the room as a specter, somehow not Mm -hmm. actually feeling present. Yeah. And then giving everyone the impression you weren't present, not really being seen as fully there. Right. And then you got the next piece of information, which was literally the next morning or maybe a couple. Yeah. I think it was next Monday morning, wasn't it? And then it was okay, now what am I going to do? Now we're going to actually stop doing this behavior of being a specter and we're going to land on this planet and get nurtured. And so you did. And I'm really appreciative that you did.
0: Me too. Yay. And so all is well.
1: So the snowstorm lady with the baby in the bathtub <laughs> is one, one more past life checked off that Krista has handled. <laughs>
0: past lives, lobster claws, fire shooting out of my body, <laughs> um, going into bliss, dying on the cross, walking marshmallows. We're not crazy at all, y'all. <laughs> we're not,
1: we're not. We really aren't. And our lives are beautiful because we open and to rich. I feel very rich. Yeah. And we're open to this, to, I guess what I would say is other levels of experience Mm -hmm. beyond what, you know, this hard and fast day-to-day physical, mental, emotional Mm -hmm. life is. When you add the spiritual, it busts it all open, and it's really quite beautiful, even though we made it sound horrifying today. Yeah, it doesn't have to come through that It never has to go like that, and
0: it just does have to do with our level of resistance. But that's for another day. And so just a tip for our listeners. I remember at school a tit, a (laughs) tip. Just a tip, tip, Catherine. Sorry, just breast breast, cancer. You know, breast, (laughs) cyst, cancer, whatever. Tip. Um, I remember them saying that you have to, if you want to have your intuition strengthen or your direct knowing strengthen, or if you want your clairvoyance to open up, a good start is to just start asking for it. That's true. Asking your higher power, whatever you believe that to be, to just say, "I surrender what I think I know. I'm open to something greater." Open up my eyes, my ears, my mind, my heart, my intuition. You know, you're just asking for those gifts to be revealed to you. So if you don't know where to start on your spiritual path, just start by asking. You don't need to know or to figure it out.
1: And even if you don't really have like a higher power thing going on in your life, higher mind. Mm-hmm. We all know we have capacities and creativity that we can tap into sometimes that make no sense to us. Right. Remember, that's the same thing. It's this expansion of who we are beyond the boundaries of our humanness. That is what we call spirituality. On that note, we love you all. Spread the love. Glad you're well, Krista. Thank you. Spread the love.